welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Sheldon Kay, show manager of Mobile Tech Expo. I wanted to give you an update on what's happening with the Las Vegas show, September 5th through 7th at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We just launched our education schedule with five different session tracks, including detailing, business, marketing, PDR, and product knowledge. I'm also excited to announce that IDA will be doing certified detailer training Thursday morning. Hotel rates start at just $65 a night, so be sure to book your room and book your education day pass because both will sell out. Hope you all have a great month of June, and I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast, Mr. Patterson. This was a fun, fun little episode. Yeah, it was definitely really fun, for sure. Perspective is what we're talking about. The perspective... Hey, what's your perspective on how the podcast went tonight? Um, my perspective was that it was a perspective podcast. I think it was very perspective for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of perspective in it. Yeah, I like the perspective that I had during the podcast. Huh. So you had some perspective? Oh, I gained perspective. Oh, you gained perspective. She was smart. She had a lot of perspective. She had a lot of perspective and a lot of knowledge. Like it's, It was very educational too with some perspective. Yeah. I think if you have she- good perspective, you can get a lot from this podcast episode for sure. So if somebody doesn't have perspective? They might have a side eye. I don't know. But they'll have to yeah. listen to figure it out. Don't have perspective, hit next. If you have perspective, or what if they want perspective? Ooh. That's deep. We have, it is, right? Because we had a lot of perspective. That's, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. We had Jamie from the Fem- Thematic Garage podcast. Isn't that what she said? Thematic? Yep, F-E-M, and then the rest is at the end of the podcast. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Such a creative word that uh, it's got a little bit tongue-tangled. Really incredible, I think, the amount of input she gave. The question, the tab out question, really cool. Uh, also, go check out her podcast. Um, she gives it at the end. You can find it on her Facebook page, and I think you'll gain a lot of uh, sorry, I was taking a drink. Perspective. Oh, Gain yeah, a thanks. lot of perspective. Cool. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Pints and Policy Podcast. Mobile style, sort of. We're switching it up this week. DJ, where are you at? I'm at the office. Where are you at? Man, I'm in Texas somewhere. Texas? <laughs> Yeah, I had a uh, funeral, buddy Kyle, and I drove down to uh, another buddy's brother's funeral, so. Oh. Yep. But we have a really cool guest. Very excited to learn about perspective, what it means to have perspective, and how the differences might be between a male and a female in the automotive industry. Also has a podcast yourself, Jamie. Introduce yourself. Thank you so much for coming on. 
Hey everyone, I'm I'm honored to be on here and educate myself about some delicious beers and uh, some fellow podcasters as well. My name is Jamie Blosman. I'm the host of the Femcanic Garage podcast, where I feature women in the automotive and motorsports industries. That's awesome. So, what? I mean, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, it's relatively new. It's about two and a half months old. Uh, about 10 podcasts deep, and uh, I'm blown away by how quickly it's growing uh, and just connecting to women out there to just just give give the women a voice in the trades industry. And it's been fun and inspiring. I, I started off to uh, thinking I was providing something, and I quickly realized what I have been provided from these women is far more than what I could offer through the podcast. Oh, yeah. So I feel honored. Definitely. DJ and I talk about a lot. Just It's really cool hearing from different people from across the country um, and just the way you can start to network from different detailers and all that stuff on our side. DJ, what's been some of the coolest uh, DMs, the coolest moments for you? Um... Lately, honestly, because it's lately, is people like saying stuff. I mean, honestly, please. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, Marty, because I know you like honestly, honesty. You don't, you don't like yeah. lying whatsoever. But um, I, I really like the fact. It's just cool that some people DM me about the podcast, like stuff we've said, like you know, 16 minutes into a 30 minute podcast. It's just like, wow, you actually listen. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. It's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know, people listen to the podcast, but it's crazy when you actually like have that that person to person like proof. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I made an impact through a podcast, and you're messaging me about that, and you live in Australia. You know what I mean? That's it's crazy. I, I, just a quick question for you guys, just out of curiosity, and I'm curious if you have have had the similar experience as me. That the more people I interview, and they're from all over the country and there's even a woman that I'm going to be interviewing from Nigeria and there's women from Portugal that's reached out to me and um, Egypt and what I'm learning is that regardless where we're at we're really not all that different oh yeah I learned that through travel yeah just meeting new people and different cultures and yeah it's crazy really great perspective that is good perspective Oh, whatever. What are you Wait, sipping on, what? Marty? <laughs> do what? I said, whatever. What are you sipping on, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sipping on a wonderful edition of Monster Energy. Oh. Ultra Sunshine. My favorite. Nice, man. I think you guys went with stouts? We did. What was yours? So I opted for uh, some local brews to give homage to the big OHIO. And uh, one is uh, located, the brewery's located in Strongsville, Ohio. And it's the Brew Kettle, Kita, and it's a coconut chocolate milk stout. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd give that a whirl. Mm-hmm. And, and then I opted for my hometown. I live in Columbus, Ohio. 
uh, a local Hi, brewery in my. Is there any... Yeah, C bus. They got, they got a team up there? They do. I'm, I'm actually alumni of the Buckeyes, so they don't want Sooners beat them at one point. Are we talking right. about, we're talking hey, about golf? Yeah, I think, I think Mayfield did something, right? We're talking about golf, Marty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Now he's up north in Ohio. How about that? That comes full circle, too. Must be sports like, talk. Is that crazy? <laughs> How that it is out. a little crazy. He, he did, did phenomenal. Him? I guess they kind of have to forgive him, don't they? Yeah, well, all is forgiven for me. I, I'm yeah. just, I'm a Brown, I'm a Brown fan, and for for once in a extreme, probably my entire lifetime, it's the first time that I'm actually excited for the season season and not just the draft. Right? I mean, you should be. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a lot to be excited about. You'll definitely make the first round of playoffs. I, I'm I'm hoping, but, but don't jinx us. I think Don't so. Think so. The people that they picked up definitely to the first round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's I, think a, get, I think you can get to the playoffs. I, I mean, we weren't that far off this year. I know. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not the fair weather friend. Even when they're shitty, I still root them on. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. DJ, what my, my, is the Cleveland Browns play? We're talking golf right now, right? Baseball? <laughs> Soccer, tennis, what are we talking about right now? We're talking about college college basketball. <laughs> and it all started with Columbus, Ohio. Can you imagine? I know, right? I know. They play a lot of different sports. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So what beer did you get, DJ? Uh I got a local beer uh from Tulsa. So that's nice. kind of yeah. Uh I got the Cabin Boys. It's the Felix. I don't know how to pronounce the other two words of it, but it's um yeah, it's an American orange stout. American orange? Yep, American orange stout. Wow. I I kind Marty, you live here you in know, Tulsa and you you don't know you've never had this before? I haven't. No, Cabin Boys, I love their bearded theologian. They have that saison that has that fly, they call it uh Fly something that's got a fly fisherman on it. Mm-hmm. This Those one, are the two that I've had. I haven't had their stout. Okay, it's the one with an orange and there's like uh, logs on it burning like a fire. You've never seen it. It's a dark. Oh, really? Interesting. Huh. Yeah. It's decent. I, I kind of got, uh, you know, maybe it was telepathy, but my second beer was from Elevator Brewery Company here in Columbus, Ohio, and I went with a mocha plum stout. So oh. I'm. I'm curious what this one tastes like. So I've had a plum porter that was delicious. The porters are pretty close to stouts. I bet you that's going to be very good. So I, I tell you us. what. Oh, I, I actually know. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen, for inviting me on here. I actually went and did a little bit of homework because uh, when you asked me what beer am I drinking, and I went went on and I'm like, holy shit, there's so many <laughs> You go through favorites and ratings and everything, and I'm like, "Oh, it's not that. It's not that complex on here. Trust me. We we still have to Google. We still have to Google certain you know beers to figure out what they are. I mean, it's we're no experts in beer. We're just really good at drinking it. By any means, we used to have a guy that would come on named and we nicknamed the Beer Nerd because he knew how to break down all the different flavors. It's gonna have this and that. But he got out of detailing and got busy with other stuff and stuff. Yeah. No longer works. 
but Jamie, tell us your story. You know, give us give us a little background. So from from up there in Ohio, you know, how'd you grow up? Give us all your background story. The the elevator speech is I started when I was about six years old. My mom put me in pink outfits. I would ruin them with car grease. Uh, my a lead foot runs in my family. We like to go fast. My mom has had and still has a seventy three GTL. And uh, she had a little bit of a racing problem when someone would pull up next to her, and especially if it was a younger, kind of cocky dude. And um, she ended up blowing the engine in that, and my stepdad rebuilt it. And when he was rebuilding it, that's when I was about six years old, I um, got to clean car parts, and I loved it. And I fell in love with automotive ever since I was little, always had an interest in it. When I was 19, I bought a 1967 GTO convertible, and it was, I actually drove down with my stepdad to pick it up from Texas, and it was, I would say it's more of an apprenticeship because it was my first car, and I restored it from the ground up. The only thing that I didn't do was the body work, uh, but all the mechanicals, it was definitely an apprenticeship where he would do uh, one part of the engine, and I would do it. And we'd go back and forth, and I got to learn to weld and sandblast and a lot of a lot of those good things. I ended up selling that car, my one regret in life, uh, to purchase my first home. And I got out of it, got away from it, and did 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 my adulting. I uh, had two kids and um, graduated college, had the two kids shortly thereafter, and then... I uh, focused on adulting and doing the quote-unquote secure thing. I ended up becoming a financial advisor, got my Series 7, Series 66, Series 66, and sold stock bonds, mutual funds, worked for Morgan Stanley for seven, eight years. And then uh, I got the itch to get back into the automotive industry, so I made the jump from the financial vertical over to the automotive. I work for Safelite Auto Glass now. And it's really just my my love for cars has just been resurrected again. It's always been there. I just uh, I'm focusing on it more now. So I think let me get let me get this straight because it's really cool. So the first car you bought, you ended up selling later to buy your first home. That's right. That's that's awesome. So how long did you keep the car? Oh boy, I. I probably had it five to six years. I bought it when I was 19. Yeah. And um, it was, I paid for everything myself. My parents did not pay for it. I did sales at that time, and I was pretty damn good at sales. So financially, I was able to keep up with the restoration. Uh, And I had, I was in college at the time, so I had the time during summer to go and really knock it out and work on it. So one of the big premise, which we've kind of jokingly talked about, though, is, is perspective is what we're going to look at. What gave you the perspective? What gave you the thought of, hey, if I hold on to this and keep doing this, I can take a car and flip it and buy a home? That's pretty I'll be honest. It, it, it is. That wasn't my plan. I've just – my family is a Pontiac family, and I fell in love with that particular year. And it was a labor of love for me. Uh, and then once I got into the financial industry, I started to understand 
really in the concept of investing and not just stock bonds, mutual funds, but then you, it really changes your perspective. Huh? You like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you should drink. Around, yeah, yeah. Well, I, maybe I can, maybe I'm going to open up my beer here. Maybe you guys can get a oh, good sound. Oh, yeah, sure. Whoa, you're, let's, you're late. Let's see. There you go. I don't know if that was a nice sound for you guys. <laughs> that worked. Yeah, DJ already opened his a long time ago. I know that for a fact. Well, what I pregame with, though, Marty? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, you didn't answer the question. I asked you what I pregame with. Good? It it really is. Can you taste the plum? I I can. I definitely can. It's almost like a caramel plum mix, and maybe, maybe almost like a hint of. Mild coffee taste. Are you reading the notes on the can? <laughs> because I, I do that all the time. No. <laughs> it, it actually, I'm looking here. We I do it all the time. Oh, I do it all the time. Gonna, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Like, I, I actually knew what the hell I was talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm just going with my, what my taste buds are telling me. But You're showing us no, out. No, no, no reading on that one. But uh, I, I apologize. Perspective. So it was really about the investing side of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be having children, and I need uh, I need one a house to raise them in. How can I get a down payment? So you start exploring different options. And that's and that's where you came up with. It, it is. I just think the story. Okay, is what? Yeah, no joke. I, I wish I would have found the money some other way, to be perfectly honest. Sure, I get it. Yeah. But the but the life lesson, like the life journey lesson of that is legit. Buying something, selling it for something bigger, and growing it up. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool story that not many people can share. So, let's get into our topic. Um... You know, we wanted to look a couple different aspects of what perspective, you know, the different avenues that we come up with. Because kind of got that vibe from talking to you and then, you know, you sent over, you know, you really want to dive into the perspective, which we will from the number two of male and female diversification in, in, in our industry. But, DJ, I'm just going to ask you just in general, like when you're thinking perspective in business, just when you hear the word I don't even want to talk about, you know, what, what you're going to share for detailing. Just the word perspective when you think business, how do you think that translates? I think it's your view of how to do business where you you set all your morals and ethics on it's your, your perspective. It's kind of, I don't know, kind of your gut feeling in in, in life is it's, or how you, how you look at life uh, in a sense. So it, it almost becomes your brand's view, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like I always think of the images or eyes. It's like what I'm, I'm, you know, analyzing, and it's they're my beliefs. I don't know. It's it's an interesting word. I need to actually Google it to see what the real definition is. But it's an interesting word because it means a lot. Well, and somebody's perspective when they open up a reason why I'm kind of in love with the word right now is because you can open up a detailing business, and it depends on how you want to operate your business. You don't have to operate it like everybody else. You can put your own twists and bends and 
you want to do this, you want to use waterless, you want to use traditional, or you want to use this tool versus this tool, you want to just have a comp, like, whatever it is that you choose, however you do your marketing, have and I find it to be a very cool word for us thinking entrepreneurial-wise, hey, Marty. You know, small, hey. global detailers. Hey, back What's up. <laughs> you cut out just a little bit before, just FYI. Uh, who knows where I cut off, man. I was rolling. Oh, well. My bad. Uh, you were feeling it. He was. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. I, I do that quite a bit. I'll throw him off, but I felt like it was a good nugget there that that's my yeah, ocd Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it cut off the phone call? No, no, no. We're good now. The sound's great now, but you were cutting in and out. I know you're traveling in Texas and so forth, but... Oh, okay. Uh, all right, but so when when you guys think of perspective for, you know, in business, and let's move into that word, um, you know, we wanted to each take a thought, and Jamie, I'll let you go first, because I think you said you had a couple different ideas of how to grow a business and how is your perspective, like, what's your view of, of business um, and how you operate? I'll let you roll. You know, when you first asked me this around business, and I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur, where I actually help a lot of my friends get their business started. And um, I've been trying to figure out this, like, million-dollar question of you have a business, you start a business and that business can be anything you want. And it goes back to the perspective. What is your perspective around your business? But part of that as well is, okay, here's my perspective and how do I monetize it? Because we, we, you gentlemen love what you're doing here. It's, it's fun. There's a lot of other people there, what I'll call their passion project. They would love to become their full-time job. And it comes down to how do you monetize so that you can create income or maybe grow your income in your current business. So that, that was kind of the, the topic that, you know, I kind of tossed out to you guys to see if I was completely out in left field or if that would be relevant. Definitely relevant. So the, the question that I throw out to a lot of uh, – individuals that I work with when they're starting a business or even if they're just kicking around different ideas is, are you asking yourself the right question? And what I mean by that is, is a lot of people will say, how do I make more money? And some of this comes from my financial background and my education around that. And the typical person says work more hours, um, work harder, work longer, pick up an extra job, and that's where I start challenging them. Like, you know, you're asking yourself the wrong question. A better question to ask is, how do you make money when you're sleeping? How do you make money when you're not working? Think about that for a moment. And, and the only difference was just asking yourself a different question. What's the typical so, response? I mean, what do people say? Honestly, it's a lot of blank stares at first. It's like, oh, because we're, we're all conditioned. I mean, especially if you're an employee and you're not an entrepreneur, we're, we're all conditioned, and particularly in corporate America, 
to, okay, I make more money by working more hours if I get a pay raise. And there's like all these outside parameters in order to impact what you want. You, you don't have control over it. So if you can, if, if you figure out a way or a vehicle to make money, even when you're not working, in a way that's actually giving you control over your, your income versus relying on a bonus, relying on a pay raise, or relying on picking up a second job or the hours that you have to pick up. So, and like your view of your perspective on on money and making more money is to give the insight of why not think of it instead of just your labor hours, but how can you create something, a system, a program, a, a business, a, a, a product, a something that can make you money while you're not actually having to do labor work. That's right. Because it, when you think about the automotive industry, um, particularly like the skilled traits, right? Detailing falls into that mechanical work, body work, painting, all of those things fall in welding. It all falls into the man hours that you put into it. Well, how do you diversify your income so that even if you are in your, you know, look at your situation where you have to take a day off from work. Now, typically, if, if you're hourly paid, unless you have paid vacation, but a lot of small independent companies don't offer paid vacation, mm-hmm. or if they do, it's very limited. So now you're not making money. So it's about diversifying your income and thinking about, okay, you have these particular set of skills. And just like any other industry and trade, and your, it goes back to exactly what you're saying, your perspective, the way in which you do it is unique to you. No two people do it exactly the same. And it's kind of like your uh, fingerprint on it. So how can you take your skills and monetize it other than you physically putting in hours to do it? And that's, that's what I would challenge the listeners and folks to really think about. And what would you say, I mean, I could think of a couple ideas. DJ, do you have any ideas of how a detailer could do that? Well, I've, I would think, I've witnessed, there's, yeah, there's proof right now in the industry that people are doing that. Yeah, I was going to immediately just say Luke Wilson, who we've had on recently. Yeah. Anytime that you can grow a YouTube channel that size, you're going to be able to monetize. And, and he was doing just what he loves to do anyway detailing and recording videos yeah it's like why not i guess yeah i mean what 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 do you think what are some ways that a detailer could change up the way they're doing it to figure out a way to make money instead of just cleaning cars well i think it's more of using your skills that you're really good at and helping other detailers and if you decide to monetize it in a way of selling a course or whatever, then, you know, that's just an added benefit. That's why I said, why not? If you're already shooting video and doing this and that, you can also switch it up. And, and, and instead of shooting video for your target market or demographic, now you're actually using that to, for detailers as well and teaching them something. And you can have a service that you can provide for a detailer to assist them in their, with their business because you are an expert in that particular area of the industry. Yeah, 
over and over the past couple of weeks, I mean, you can't ask for a better time in history to be an entrepreneur oh, or a business owner. Absolutely be, not. Be a detailer. Like, yeah. so this is the take the opportunity to mm -hmm. be able to take what we're given now and run as fast as you can with it. You might not ever get this opportunity again. And that's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. It's the truth. A couple other things that I'd add on. A couple other things I would add on just to get people's mental juices flowing here is when we think of monetization, we often think about money that is deposited into our bank account. It's not just that, right? There may be someone, and, and I'll share, you know, my my dream, right? I really enjoy what I'm doing with Femcanic. At Safe Light Auto Glass, I am uh, in the automotive industry, and I have an opportunity to talk about bringing women into the automotive industry via Safe Light Auto Glass. Now, in a in an ideal situation for me, the dream job would be to literally travel around the United States, personally in person, interviewing these women in their space at their location, and. I love to travel. I love to do this. So the monetization piece may be getting a sponsor of you where they foot the bill for something that you may be passionate about. So I was just talking to a woman where she does um, painting. So you go look and, and if you have a good, you know, a large enough following and you're a true influencer and you position yourself that way as an expert and influencer and you, you're professional, and you take what you do seriously, approach these vendors, and if you want to go to SEMA, for example, say, you know what, I'll come to your booth, and I'll find stuff for you for these days, but you pay for my hotel and flight. So even though it's not dollars in your bank account, it may be free product, it may be free travel, and uh, admittance into an event that would otherwise be pretty pricey. Yeah, bartering system. But bartering absolutely like you said, the influence of having a lot of followers, more than a couple thousand. <laughs> well, keep in mind bartering too is a lot harder to tax. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh yeah. So it, when when I talk about monetizing, I'm not just talking about dollars that you put into your account. It's what is it that you really want? Is it that new gun? Is it the new product? What do you have to lose by going and asking, saying, hey, I'll feature your product on here, but you got to give it to me? Yeah, we're trying to get Coors Light to sponsor the podcast, but they haven't responded yet. They haven't responded, but you got to keep asking, right? <laughs> because you called it bottom of the barrel. Damn it. <laughs> No, Jamie, the joke, because that's his favorite beer of all time. It is the best beer of all time, Marty. I just got to say that again. It's the best beer you know, of all time. It was. I mean, it's your second favorite as of a couple months ago. You know, it's summertime. It's back in the fridge. You know, it's fully in stock again, Marty. Man, that's a disappointment. It's actually up here at the warehouse, too. You can have a couple if you want. Yeah, no, it's good for you. Actually, it is good for me that you have it stocked. That means you won't drink mine. That's not true. I run out real quick. <laughs> That's not true. You'll still drink it. <laughs> Mar Marty texted me earlier and said, hey, don't drink the uh, something, something stout in the refrigerator, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, because I still have those 1050 stouts from a couple episodes ago. Interesting. Promised, That's like uh, two weeks ago, and I haven't even touched it. 
I'm, but I'm I doing better. Them away, so I was like, no, do not drink those. <laughs> Understood. All right, DJ, what's your thought on perspection? Per, what? You said you're drinking Monster, man. Come on. I know, right? Uh, what's your perspective on the detailing industry that you think is a little different than other people, maybe? My perspective? Um, everything you said, Jamie, was, was spot on amazing. Uh, I think my perspective in the detailing industry um, is that people don't um, capitalize on who's paying them. So knowing who your target market is and your demographic is huge because all your marketing can surround that one person and target that one person. So for instance, you know, we know our demographic is women from 34 to 44 years old that have children are married and make a certain amount of dollars. And so we market to that specific person in our email marketing and everything. So our return on investment is much higher because we're, we're focusing all of our efforts to capture one type of demographic versus posting um, like the 19, 20 year old DJ. If I got a nice car, I want to post about it and just always post like, it's more like showing off in marketing opposed to educating a certain demographic. So that's my perspective is, is looking, is creating a, a customer experience and living out that through business versus just cleaning cool cars and posting them, you know, on social media and, and that's it, you know, that's so in a, is, that in a sense is kind of monetizing as well. What does the customer experience mean? And especially for a detailer, I mean, how, how much of experience could somebody get out of? Oh, there's touch like points seven. everywhere. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Good question. So, I mean, just from the time I answered, so from from how easy it is to get a hold of you, for one, we get complaints all the time from every other call. Is like, yeah, no one's answering their phone, no one's calling us back. It took them three days to call us back. Blah 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 blah. You guys called back within fifteen minutes, or you answered the phone and answered my questions, and that's that's a, that's the first touch point. And then you have the scheduling. How easy is it? easy is it for them to schedule with you if they do have to call you how quickly are you answering the phone do you have online booking options do you have text i mean how, how easy is it and then just when you arrive on site you know how professional are you how do you explain things do you just ask for the keys do the work and tell them a price do you uh, just just and, and you just, i can just i can go on and on and on but that's the experience everything the customer experience from the very beginning to the very end in the checkout that's what the customer experience is. In our company, we have all that documented, so all of our team members know that everything they, they're required to do as, a, as an employee here is, has a meaning behind it because what they do is going to trickle off into the next thing, and it's just one big funnel, and we keep clients coming back and back and back and back again, and the customer experience is one of those things that helps us do that. Because as we've, as we've grown large and had more and more team members on, I have to duplicate myself you know several times over to keep what i started a long time ago out of the trunk of my car alive that's why we were i was successful because i did a certain thing so i took what i did and made it into a customer experience and of course you update it and make it you know innovated as you go and as times go on but i think that's why we've been successful so that's my perspective is people not doing that even at the a lesser level not doing some of those extra business. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, years ago, I was the same way. I just, you sh I show up, you know, um, I get the keys, I do the car, I tell them a price, and that's it. I Like, if they call me again, awesome. I'm polite. Yes, I'm very professional and all that, but there was no, 
I wasn't business minded. I was just yeah. having fun detailing cars. But now everything has a meaning and a purpose. If I'm still, you know, I'm 30 now and I've got several team members. Like if I'm going to continue to do this, it's it's a business now. Like I'm paying several people's salaries, and you have to watch everything and make sure that you're capitalizing on every aspect so, of your business. So the perspective comes from starting as a detailer, still being a detailer, but Trans- just as a detailer out of your car and, and now operating a detailing business. Correct. The perspective from what all is being done on the back end to grow into a business versus just simply, I'm not, I don't want to say simply, I don't want to, I don't want to, don't misunderstand me. I'm not degrading by any means, just, but simply just going from place to place, cleaning cars to actually having a business that operates. Yes. So, yeah, I get it. And I, I think mine's kind of similar to that as, as I've shared the story before, Jamie, I don't, I don't know how much you listen, but probably this is your first episode. Um, <laughs> she didn't laugh. I listened to the interview with the two women that you had on. That's I was right, going to say right. that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, we both started just out of just a whim. We both worked at, he worked at a car wash. I worked at a church and it's funny, uh, I'm, I'm driving in the, uh, in the car with my buddy Kyle that back in 2012, when I started, I had a mobile detailing business, 2000 to 2006, um, before we built the car wash, uh, Kyle and I would hang out some of them. We were both single. Um, he had gotten out of college and we would go drink at sutures, <laughs> which is a hole in the wall, like doctor office kind of feel with like, but kind of like mad scientist doctor, they would have, yeah, they would have uh, Miller Lite was when I first started drinking Miller Lite because you could get a 32-ounce Miller Lite for a dollar. I think you yeah. can still get that, man. It's all about the value. Yeah, like, and I think the perspective that has changed with me over age, being now 40, 17 years in the, the industry, is how how much it takes, which is sort of, sort of what you were saying, DJ is like to be able to do a long-term sustainability in the industry, you got to have more than just cleaning cars. And I think that's why I keep oh, saying the yeah. just part, like I don't mean to just like, if that's where you're at, that's cool. That's, you know, everybody that's, when we had Mike Phillips on, when we've had the different people that, um, have been in the industry for a long time, like you even said, Jamie, you started young, just going after a car. Right? I mean, that's everybody starts somewhere, and the the perspective of 17 years later of going, oh my word, there's so much in between. What a fun ride! And I wish nothing but the best for the young guys because to be in it now, the way that they can grow, and it's 17 years later for the guys that stick with it. Wow, it's gonna be super fun for them. Cheers. But I, I tell you what. The, the biggest piece, and DJ, I, I so agree with you, is, and I, and you were kind of saying this, is that it is a lot different, you know, being a mechanic or a technician or a detailer than being a business owner. Yeah, Those are tried two to hear, distinctly exactly. different skills. Yeah. And too often I see folks that are really good at their craft, whether that's painting, whether that's detailing, whether that's being a technician, amazing at their craft. 
and then they're like, okay, the next step is becoming an, a, an owner, an entrepreneur. And they're two distinctly different skills. And it's not that you can't be both. You can. It's just be prepared to go through a completely different learning curve. And I, I've, exactly heard, right. I, I've heard people like hating their passion because they turn it into a business and then they just hate it now, you know? It's just, I, I don't think we understand sometimes what we're about to, go, you made a good point, Jamie, what we're about to go into um, until you're in it. And it's like, man, I, I hate this, you know? Well, and here's the good news, though. Here's where I would say what I love about that comment is if you know what you're not good at, don't keep trying to do it. Hire somebody that can. Yep. The most, the, one of the fastest yes. things that I did early on that I knew that I could not handle was my bookkeeping. I just knew there was no way I could do my taxes. There's no way I could do all that stuff. And my dad was always like, because he always did his. He's old school. He's like, I could do mine. I'm not going to pay somebody. Like, I knew that I couldn't do all that. And it was going to take way too much time for me to do it versus what I could do well at. And so I love it that you said that, Jamie. And I would encourage guys that, hey, if you know the things that you're not good at, it's okay. Find somebody that is and either subcontract it, barter it, hire them, you know, whatever you need to do to fill in that. As that a blank. detailer, as a detailer, your industry has such a, a um, what am I, magic bullet, so to speak, for bartering. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. you think about accountants and, you know, and sometimes to your point, there, there are things that I can do well. I just don't want to do them anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I can do my books with my financial background. I don't want to do it anymore, though. I'd rather have someone else do it so it frees up my time to do more of the things that I love to do. So we put a spin on it in our company. So our hiring process is we when we hire people now, we hire people with the detailing skill. We can train them, so we can hire them and train them. But with another skill, too. So, for instance, like, if detailers don't know how to take good photos or videos – you would hire someone that has some video skill and you hire them as a detailer, but also you give them hours set aside to make videos for you. And we're looking for now, like, you know, um, maybe someone that has some kind of mechanic skills, you know, they're coming out of tech school, they want to make some money, and now they can service our trucks. So it's cheaper to do. So we're keeping everything in house. So videos, photography, vehicle maintenance, um, sales positions. Like, if you hire someone as a detailer and with some, something else too, then you get to, you know, like you said, you, you're not good at it, so why not have a, someone that's working for you in your business and also doing multitasking in a sense? Well, I'll, tell an, I'll say another thing because when I'm speaking, I'm speaking more of the um, small business entrepreneur. Uh, the big guys, I don't, they have whole slews of people. But one of the things that I'm exploring for Femcanic Garage is, okay, I want to grow Femcanic Garage, but the reality is, is I'm, you know, people say you, you get rich in your spare time, right? <laughs> I have the day job, my nine to five job, so to speak, which I enjoy doing, but I'm also starting Femcanic Garage. How do you grow it when you have a limited number of hours right or maybe you are doing what you're doing full-time you just have all these other aspects so one of the things that i'm exploring uh, that i'm going to share with everyone is why don't we explore more around unpaid and i'll say unpaid 
um, internships where some of these kids can use it as a project for class. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I've done like apprenticeships and internships, like informal internships at the small business. And I get far more, I got far more experience at the small business than working for the big guy. Because when you work for the big guy, you're doing admin work. You're not getting in there and really getting your hands dirty. You're doing the stuff that they don't want to. They don't want to give paid employees, which isn't a lot of times a really a true growth opportunity. All right, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. All right, tell us the flavors of your beer. Tell us what you taste. Have you gotten into your second one, or are you still going on the plum? I am still going on my plum, but I'm about ready to crack open my second one here. And just a reminder, for the, it's Kita. It's a coconut chocolate milk stout. Yeah. I love those. I love those and the peanut butter stouts. Those are good. Ooh, if I found a peanut butter one, I totally would have gotten that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're a thing. There's plenty of people that have them. Um, there's not, I think there's a couple around here. I know there's a couple different uh, breweries out of uh, Colorado that have them. So I just cracked this open and I just took a whiff of it and it smells delicious. Straight coconut? It, it's a mix. Honestly, it kind of smells like chocolate milk. Oh. Well, the left hand brewery up in Longmont, their milk stout. Oh, I, I almost, think they call it I almost ni- got nitro. that. It's nitro, yeah. Oh, man, I, that's so good. I had my hand on a, on the six pack, and I was like, ah. I yeah, didn't grab it. Yeah, that's a delicious beer. I tell you what, this Kita, the coconut chocolate milk stout from the brew kettle, it, it's delicious. Huh. Awesome. Awesome. DJ, what do you what what do you got? What flavors? Uh, Just that... Very, it's a very smooth chocolate malty flavor. I don't taste much orange. It says it's a American orange stout, but I'm not really getting any hints of orange at all. But it's super smooth. So if I ever want a stout again, I know I can safely grab this one and be super content. Yeah, I mean, it sounds odd anyway, right? Which is why when you said it, I was like, wait, orange? Like, well, I was I confused that you never, you've never seen it before. Here. Yeah, I, me neither. So that's what I grabbed. It's Normal. good. I'll leave one for huh. you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll leave one for you. Awfully kind. Yeah. Awfully kind. No problem, man. Yeah. What a great community. Hey. Cheers. 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 All right. Let's go into topic number two, which I know, uh, Jamie, this is what you really want to hit on. I think it's a I think it's a great idea to talk about perspective from male to females in the industry because I know um, you know, like you mentioned, the, the podcast we had on Queens of Detail. We've had Jen from, Jen from Cosmetology. We had Sarah from Wonderlust. We've had a couple different femaleers on, femaleers, <laughs> females on the podcast um, because we believe that they're an important role. Uh, we believe they're in an up-and-coming role in the, the detailing industry. And I think it is interesting that they're taking some good dominant uh, stances. Did you want yeah, us it, to go you know on, that, the, on the male side, or you want to go on the female side first? 
Well, I tell you what, I'm going to flip script and I'm going to put you guys in the um, driver's seat a little <laughs> bit and what I mean by that is. I'm going to toss some questions out to you and, and make some comments as well where it's, uh, it's an interesting topic to me because um, it, it goes beyond just male and female, right? Uh, where I find, I'll call them problems or challenges, where you see conflict, um, it, it's a lot of times coming from a place of scarcity. Like the threat of you're going to take my business or I'm going to teach you everything I know and then you're going to go take my customers. And the reality is, is there is more than enough for everyone. You don't even have to go there. So that's part of it, which is not gender related. Um, but what I have found talking to a lot of women where they have run into situations where they start excelling and getting really good. And they've shared stories with me about how, and I'm, I'm saying men because there's majority of the time, these are women, like the lone female in the shop. They're not doing administrative work. They're in the shop doing the work where men will steal their tools. They will purposely put holes in their air, holes in their air hoses, various things like that, where I'm just like, I just, don't get it like I don't get it like I, I try and the thing is is growing up my my protectors and mentors have all been men all of them so when I'm hearing these stories it's somewhat foreign to me because I had a very opposite experience of some of the women that I've talked to and, and I'm just curious for you gentlemen what is it like to work side by side with a female compared to men Go ahead, Marty. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. You work. I, I, he I, works next next to his wife. You used to work next to your sister. Yeah, her. And then I've had I've worked next to a few you know female detailers on just like four hours at a time, like on random projects. But like Tiffany, we had on the podcast. Me and her worked together on quite a few projects. And I mean, I don't know. I just see if I'm working next to someone, especially detailing hands on, it's just like one of the guys. Like I'm not. We both have a skill and we're doing it and just having conversation. I don't, I don't know. I really don't see a difference. And obviously there's, there's a guy talking, there's girl talk. So that's different. But other than that, I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I I think we talked about that on the queen of detail. Because they both agree. Can you talk shop talk and dirty talk around women? Exactly. Yeah. And they were like, well, I mean, like what and that's sort of the confusion you know i there's times with so we've hired um ray who's come onto our team who's a detailer that you know when some of the even just some of the music or some of the the stuff that we'll talk about you know just being guys i've asked her like does that make you uncomfortable like just curious you know how's that from a female perspective and she's just like that's okay most girls in the industry of automotive are—I mean, they're—they're they're okay. I mean, there's really no like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. Like, in this industry, because yeah. they're around guys all that. I mean, it's almost like they're conditioned to our <laughs> guy talk, and then that's just kind of what it is, right? Well, let, let's be honest, gentlemen. Women are just as bad as men. We, women are just as dirty-minded as men. Do tell. <laughs> 
I've I've had an opportunity to quote unquote be one of the guys. I grew up with my brother and his friends, and you know when his friend got married, I was the token female that went to the strip clubs with him, right? And it would, and I get to hear the female's perspective. And I'll tell you what, women is they are just as dirty and filthy minded and everything you can imagine. And sometimes I think worse than men. <laughs> now, the difference is, is women oftentimes do not vocalize that in front of men. They'll do it amongst their other women, their, their female friends. Uh, but it's there. It's there. And I, I think, and you guys bring up a great point. And what I am learning and observing is that I think, I really feel that it is the female's responsibility to start educating men on what the boundaries are. Does that make sense? Where instead of putting men in a position of pointing at them and saying, you know, you did wrong. And I think it's, it's a joint, it's a partnership around it. Whereas women, we need to set those boundaries and start educating men on, okay, this is okay, this is this is crossing the line. But what's happening, and, and I'm not saying, and there's no blame game there. It's not women aren't doing a good job or men aren't going to do, doing a good job. It both needs to happen. Men have to be open to hearing it, and women have to be more vocal because a lot of times they're just silent because they're afraid of being blackballed. They're afraid of people gossiping behind their back around, oh, she's playing the woman card again, right? And it's it's an interesting thing because to your point, DJ, and the women that I've talked to, they're A-okay with shop talk. Where, where they have problems, and one of the women that, Laura Landis, that was, gracious enough to be vulnerable with the Femcanic Garage community, shared her story about how she was physically assaulted by a man. And he put her his hands around her throat because he, he literally felt threatened by her and he was jealous because she was getting attention at a trade show for being kind of the token female there. The other woman that I spoke to that was assaulted, it, it was again... The guy put his hands on her and, you know, it, it's the comments like, oh, I'm, I would have sex with you. Okay, that's, that's a bit much, right? That, that's a boundary that you, you don't go over. Now, to hear you talk about some arbitrary person that maybe you would never even meet in real life, some celebrity or something, that, I don't know. Does that kind of make sense or am I kind of talking out of left field here, guys? No, you're good. You're saying, like, as long as you're just talking in theory, it's okay, unless you're specifically targeted at the woman. Of of my experience from the women that I've been interviewing, where they have expressed the line has been crossed, is the examples that I just gave. Now, there's always going to be some people, and I'll say people, which isn't unique to women. I'm sure you you guys have worked with other men where you're like, my gosh, he's really sensitive, <laughs> right? That, like, why is he pissed about that, right? So I don't think it's a gender thing. It, it's a person thing. But there are some things that when you put your hands on someone and, and invade their personal space like that, where it's definitely across the line. I'm so glad you said that because 
there's not a day go by that DJ doesn't come touch my butt. Are you kidding um, me right I'm, now, dude? And I'm just really, I'm just really ready to vocalize that I'm just done with that DJ. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you can't flip the script on the okay. podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have to ask this, and, and maybe it's just an Ohio thing. Although I know it's not because I know ball tapping. Mm. Yeah, I went there. Mm. Nah, I'm not tapping anyone's yeah, ball. I mean, Marty's like, it. yeah, what about it? Let's hear it. Ball tapping. Talk about yeah, it. I, mean, I was going to say that back in the day. Why know, do men do that? I don't ball I don't tap. Know. There's no ball tapping in my, uh, nope. Never. Ha- Kyle. Kyle's a but you've heard of it, right? You I, know, I, 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 I think it's more balls. of a, I don't think that's a gender thing. I think it's a, uh, uh, um, <laughs> you know. because it's hurt, because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> He, he likes tapping other guys' balls because it hurts. <laughs> I uh, mean, imagine women going around and just smacking each other's tits. Like that's <laughs> just something I just don't understand. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've it's like really, this, yeah. But it was. So, you don't tap balls, Marty. Marty, you don't tap balls. I don't. Oh, I you don't. tap. You tap ass though, quite a bit. No, that was you. <laughs> no, no, no. Mine. You were talking about yourself. <laughs> It's not a day goes by, Mark doesn't come up. I think actually you posted on Instagram uh, a questionnaire, and it said, "What did what did it say? Something? What do you Marty, like?" Are you blushing? Oh, like absolutely, he is blushing right now. He put something like, "What do you like better, uh, something something or DJ's cute butt?" I'm like, "Or round butt." <laughs> I got, there's, there's a picture of a product. There we go. There's a picture of a G wagon. And DJ was bending over, didn't even know I took the picture. (laughs) There's some like 20-something dudes that click DJ's cute booty. Marty goes, he goes, look, you're getting a good response. Like, oh, cool, that's a high percentage. And I looked at it, I was like, that's all dudes, bro. (laughs) I never felt more uncomfortable in my life. I felt violated. If we were in the same company, I'd go to HR right now, maybe. Yeah, they'd say cute butt. They looked at the live photo. They'd they say it's true. Yeah. No, I got a nice butt, Marty. You do. You do. That's yeah. What somebody said. I don't know. You just said it. So I would say my perspective, just in my career, first, you know, from being at the car wash, you know, we hired females. We hired girls that uh, were cheerleaders, that were outgoing. They were really great at being at the kiosk talking to customers definitely welcomed customers into the facility and and that was i think seemed to be the the general role we had a couple we had one girl that came into the detail shop um dj and then she worked with us on the valet side too remember uh oh yeah i think uh she worked the valet boot or was it the uh, yeah. kiosk inside the parking garage, right? Yeah, uh, but then she detailed out at Zuts, too, with this. You know, she, she was not good. I think maybe the, the the question might be is would they work as hard as a male in a labor-intensive business? And and I, I, would, I would guess that's why there's a slower growth from the female side inside the detailing world. What we're finding is, as especially now that we've moved on from 2006, 7, 8, and we're at 2019, which we mentioned some names earlier, Jen and Sarah and 
you've got Mrs. Baker from down in Florida. Um, who else? We got the Buffing Queen who Tiffany, has yeah. done nothing but show photos of being covered in soot from you know buffing off the metal from uh, big semi trucks. I mean, you so there's definitely not a question anymore that they will work as hard. They most definitely will. And in some instances, we've all said, I think DJ's commented a couple times in some different places, we've commented on a female interior detailer. Oh, my gosh. Beat. Oh, hard yeah. Beat a female de- interior detailer. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, I would say my perspective started off that way, but it's moved dramatically to they're an important role, and I'm, I'm excited. That's part of why we've brought Ray on, and she's developing a Ray of Shine detailing business we're excited to see how that plays out for her at 20 years old to be able to come into the community cheers, cheers. to be able to come into the industry to be able to come into what all we're doing and to see what that does for a 20 year old female who wants to get after it. And she's talented. She's an incredible detailer and super excited to see her growth. Yeah, man. And, and I think that, the, the big thing that I would share with the men out there is, you know, women coming into a, a very male-dominated field, we feel like we have more to prove. So I don't know if this has been your guys' experience with the ones that ha- show a real interest in detailing, that they tend to work more or longer hours or ask more questions. Because we feel like we have so much more that we have to prove and so much further to go to be accepted. The chip on your shoulder mentality, right? It kind of is. And, and you know, I I don't think it starts off that way. It's just a, a lot of these women that I talk to, they are highly educated women. And this isn't, you know... Some graduate. I know one woman that graduated from Harvard, but when they start in their roles, they're constantly passed over for the challenging job and get stuck doing the mundane stuff, changing the oil or changing tires and all the, the real challenging, what I'll refer to as juicy stuff. It, they're passed over on often. And, I, and I, I can't figure it out. I don't understand why. And, it, and to be fair, it's not just men. It's women, too. I'm, my partner and I are going to be doing a um, a survey where we literally get out on the streets and, and survey just the general public and ask them, okay, you have a male and a female technician. They both graduated with the same grades from the same school every all things equal who do you take your car to who do you take your car to to get your transmission fixed yeah and you know i i don't know yet we'll have to see what the data says but based on feedback that i'm getting from women that have been in the industry for years is that both men a lot of times there's more women who work against them. Uh, every now and then you get the, the female that's like, oh, yeah, woman power, right? Girl power. But there's a lot of women that are very critical of it. 
because they feel insecure about their not being as active or what? I don't know. It, it's a mystery to me, right? And, and you know, some of it, 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 it honestly just blows me away. Like, wouldn't we, why wouldn't we just uplift each other? And that's, that's not gender specific, right? Just in general. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's rate this beer. I guess you got two beers to rate. So do I. I do. Oh, DJ, you got two beers? I, I do. You got two beers? Yep. Surprise. Huh? My bad. No worries. I'll, bad. I'll let her go first, though. Obviously, she's the guest. Just so I'm clear, the rating scale is one, two, five. Five, right? yep, that's right. Yep. One to five. Five being you're going to pick it up tomorrow again at the store. One. <laughs> oh, then you, you, you're you going to have to have... <laughs> You gonna rate Nothing your monster? You should rate your monster first. We'll give oh, it we'll, five all the way because uh, you're gonna totally get it tomorrow at the store. Yeah. <laughs> Ultra Sunrise is my favorite. The green that came out, that Paradise something. There was a little play back and forth with Josh from Rad because we both love the Sunrise, uh, and that green came out. It tempted me a couple times, and I liked it, but it just I always go back to the Sunrise, which is interesting because I don't like orange. I don't like orange at all. I can't drink anything artificially orange, but I love this. So you like orange? No, I like sunrise. Orange. All right, Jamie. <laughs> I rate the elevator, the Mocha Plum Stout. I would give that a solid 3.75. Oh. All right. Nice. I would give the Kita coconut chocolate of five i would go back out and wow. get that and plow oh, through a yeah. six-pack right pretty easily it, it was absolutely delicious it was smooth it, it didn't give me a bloaty feeling at all and it just it was delicious oh yeah good choice then huh it was dangerously delicious <laughs> <laughs> we can't get those here darn <laughs> yeah we don't need dj being any more dangerous <laughs> All right. Mr. Well, Madden. yep. Um, the the cabin boys on a on a uh, stout level. I'm gonna give it a solid four. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's a really good beer. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Now I didn't. I only drank one because it's like eight point seven, um, and I don't want to stay here all night. So, but uh, definitely good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just being responsible, being responsible. The second beer of choice, I mean, it's a definite five. It was it was born oh, it, it was it was born it was born in the Rockies, up. man. Wow. It's good to go. Coors trying Light. Trying to make his comeback, huh? <laughs> trying as hard as you can. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'll always be a five in my book, man. Moment. Uh, DJ. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to think about that for a split second. Uh, yeah. Uh, most embarrassing moment. I don't, yeah. That's a tough question because <laughs> maybe I blocked them all out because I was so yeah, embarrassed. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like you just put that block there. <laughs> Because you were so damn embarrassed that, you know. I I used to pee my pants a ton as a kid. I imagine there was a time at school I pissed my pants. <laughs> Marty was in school until 18 years old, by the way. Yeah. Longer than no, that. No, poops. Cow poops. Streaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe here's a funny story. Okay. I, right. I would definitely. I wouldn't say most embarrassing, but I would say a definitely embarrassing moment in life was Kyle back in that time when we were hanging out, and I was I was wave washing was my mobile detailing business. We went to a Halloween party together, and I you know we were taking shots or doing different things. I set down my glass, and then I randomly picked up another one because I couldn't figure out which one was mine. I just picked one up. I think I got, I think I drank somebody else's that was trying to get roofied because I, I don't, it's just a theory. I don't know. What Are you kidding me? Or, I think, no, I, I think I've heard this story before. So he's not kidding now. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. I, I don't remember at some point in time late. All I know is later. I, I just try to remember the story. I remember picking up somebody's glass and at some point later in the night, I was walking out to go to the bathroom because I was like, ah, I got to pee. Went out to the fence, and next thing I know, I'm Did we just lose him? He just got to the good part. Talk uh, about He literally bed. just got – I feel like it's just yeah. censored out. Cannot, Hold on, Marty. Huh? Hold on one second because that was the biggest cliffhanger I've ever had. <laughs> what 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 he end at? I forget because – like. You went outside of the bathroom. He went out to the fence. To the fence. Oh, if, if, you mean it cut out? Oh yeah, like it was. We were just sitting there on our on on edge. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I went out to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm going pee at the fence. Next thing I remember, you know, being done peeing, I just like kind of fall to my knees. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I sit down for, for a second, and then I just land on my face, and I'm literally laying in the grass, and I cannot get up. I remember. Going, okay, just push your arms up, but I couldn't. I couldn't move. I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move my legs. And Kyle comes out and, hey, man, what's up? Like, he's trying to, they end up having to go get another buddy and they carry me out to the front yard, lay me on the front yard, and everybody laughing because I can't get up. And I learned, like, they thought I was, yeah, I hadn't even been there that long. Like, I literally, I think I got roofied by somebody else's drink. Because um, the next wow. morning I woke up and I was completely fine, zero hangover, nothing. Were you sore? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't walk straight. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely probably not top, but that was definitely a, an embarrassing moment. <laughs> laying in the laying in that the past, everybody laughing at me. So, DJ, any funny stories on your this part? This whole entire time I've been thinking about it, and I'm honestly convinced that I've blocked them all out in my life. Like, who wants to remember that kind of? I, I really don't have I, one. 
if I do, and I would say DJ doesn't put himself in situations. I, okay, either. I was gonna say at the beginning, but I'm like, I don't want to sound like that kind of guy. But I really don't put myself in positions to be yeah. embarrassed much. Like I'm very strategic in like life in general. So, you know, it's funny because so people have asked me that before. Like, what's your most embarrassing moment? And I think some of it is not putting yourself in the position, but some of it is is how easily are you embarrassed? Ah, oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's I think some I'd be situations where I think I would be unless I was drinking. How, like, how do you cares? like that full circle right mm-hmm. there for you, Marty? Mm-hmm. Full circle. Yeah. I'm gonna drop and the mic. There's just for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's, the the only time now there's blushing moments. Now, if we want to say blushing is embarrassment, but whenever whenever your um, mother-in-law talks about sex it, it's it's a blushing moment <laughs> oh dj uh let's talk e- about this dj okay go ahead because i'm i am like my, my parents my mother-in-law father-in-law like it's sex is like a i joke about sex with my wife to my her dad all the time just to make him pissed off like our family's really loose over here like <laughs> no 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 pun, no pun intended but <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. I yeah. wasn't laughing alone. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just—it's not a thing. That could go wrong in so many. Oh, absolutely. So many ways. Definitely could have. Yep. But uh, I feel like some families are more conservative, and it's like a—it's a weird thing with like my kids. They won't have a problem talking about sex with me ever. Like I just—I'm very open and honest with my my daughter. My son, like, or son, well, he's only one, other one, but we're just an open family, so nothing is weird or outside the box or whatever. Well, I, I think I that's great perspective. That, that yeah. is, yeah. I agree. You, you do? You said something about Aisha's mom was very uh, openly disgusting. Oh, yeah, she's, like, <laughs> cheering us on, like, go out, like, go have sex, yay, like, go on a date night. I'm like, whoa. She's like, she's like, She's like whoring her daughter out in a sense, and we're already married. Like, I, it's I, like, it's it's freaking hilarious every single time. And my wife gets so Marty knows Aisha, my wife. She gets so weird about the topic of sex or anything to do with anything like that at all in public. So it's just funny when her mom of all people is like cheering her on to, you know, go hook a brother up. <laughs> to go both look the same direction. <laughs> so. My brother-in-law does that to me, not a mother-in-law. But my brother-in-law will do that. I was up there the other night <laughs> seeing them uh, and my sister. And, you know, he'll just, he'll just say stuff like, man, I'm tired. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, she kept me up late last night. Oh, like, no, like, dude. He just does stuff That's like your that sister. all the time. Because like, <laughs> yeah, it's my sister. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, man. Like. How do you take it? Is it is it weird to you? I'm glad that you guys are enjoying each other. What do you what do you what how is that when he says that though? Serious question. Like what do you No, I mean at first I'm like okay, like he's just doing it, you know, to be like and at first I'm like, yeah. Like uh but at the same time I am like because being in a bad relation like a bad sexual relationship is horrible. And so I hope that they're in a good sexual like that means they're gonna be together. Like, good. I hope that they can enjoy each other that way. Because if you're not, you might end up divorced like me. So. Do they ever ask you to babysit ever? Oh, I, I mean, 
time. Oh, okay. I'm just. Uh, you got the last took- minute phone call, like, dude. <laughs> I was wondering what that. Wow, man, that sucks, dude. Yeah, I don't ask questions. I wouldn't ask questions either. Nope. <laughs> what a great tabac question. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> Jamie, give everybody your social media handles. I was gonna say your Jeep's a stick. I mean, good thing they can drive a stick. Good thing. Good thing. Uh, yes. Yes. I, I, and actually, my my play car right now is a 1965 Ford Econoline van, and that is a column shifter. So that's a that's an next level stick shift right there. Next level. I can be reached at Femcanic Garage, and that's if you look it up on Instagram, it's Femcanic Garage, and Facebook it's Femcanic Garage. Spell that. How do you spell that's it? Yeah. F as in Frank, E M as in Mary, C as in Cat, A N as in Nancy, I C as in Cat. Okay, cool, because I heard sin the whole time. So, yeah, F. Yeah, female, F-E-M. Yep. Yep. Cool. Feminine, femcanic. And then if they want to listen to the podcast, where do they find it? If if you head to the Facebook page or you can go to femcanic.com and you can access any of them there. Cool. And, gentlemen, it has been a absolute pleasure drinking beer and chatting with both of you as well. Right, isn't that Thank fun? Yeah. Like, just drink beer and chat. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. I shared with a coworker today. They're like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm actually going to go chat with two gentlemen on a podcast, drink beer, and talk business. They're like, oh, my God, that sounds wonderful. I'm like, I could not agree with you more. <laughs> we have the best job in the world. <laughs> I know, right? DJ, where do people find you? Well, Marty, they can find us at Pints Polishing Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and then me, if they're looking for me, you can find me at DJ Patterson on Instagram. Uh, and the business is at EcoGreenMD if you're interested in seeing what we do. Um, but, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we are at Total Auto Solutions or at Marty Elton. So, uh, Jamie, uh, like you said, man, it's been, it's been an awesome experience. Um, thank you for your time, for coming on and taking the time to put out such great information. I know there'll be a lot of guys that get uh, some great info. And gals. Nuggets you drop, so. And gals, yeah. I wonder, that would be interesting, is what what our dynamic ratio would be. Hmm. It would be interesting. Hey, I got a question, Jamie, real quick. Analytics. Is, it, is it offensive to say to a group of women, see you guys, or hey guys, or... Because I've always like I've said no, like, it's not at all. I say it. Okay. Because guys that. is more I'll, like I'll a. It's just a, like a, a little more annoying to me. Is brief. If I'm a grown ass woman and you're calling me a girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, obviously that. But you know, I always say. But, but, right, but see it, you guys. it's interesting when you're in a lot of those environments. They'll say, let's say there's two women working there. Hey, the girls are over there. Oh. If you're at your place of work, yeah, right. How about I call you? Hey, the boys are over there. Yeah, so the little penises are over there. <laughs> well, <laughs> not oh, oh, only the half of them. The prepubescent penises are over there. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's <laughs> and, and that may be preference, but that's kind of my thing. Where 
you know, there's a lot of, you know, girls garage and that's fine. I, I, I totally get that. I just, if I'm in a work environment, I'm a grown ass woman. I'm a professional. I have experience. Don't call me a girl because a girl implies young and uneducated, not uneducated, but still, I don't know if that makes any sense. But so would you say for me personally, that's, that's annoying in the place of work. That's a great question. So you wouldn't say like, see you ladies, it's like, okay, see you guys, it's cool. Like that's, I'm trying to, you know, solidify it. Honestly, yeah, it's almost like a figure of speech. Okay, that's that's how I say it as too. Okay, I just want to make sure that there's a group of rich women that I'm like leaving their house and we need to tell their cars. I'm like, all right, see you guys. Like it's not offensive. I've always wondered that. Yeah. I mean, see you ladies is fine too. Okay. I mean, but it's almost like a I don't, I don't think that's offensive at all. But the, you know, hey, you are you have some female co-workers and you're talking to someone and saying, hey, the girls are over there. Well, I mean, think about that. You're at a party and you're talking to each other. And let's say you have a daughter and a couple of her friends. What do you say? The girls are over there. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's like, eh, that's kind of undermining a little bit. Cool. I, I, I love that, DJ, that you asked it. Because it spurred up a question that I had too, and I was like, "That's cool. I'm really glad you asked that because I want to ask my question." I'm glad you're, Marty. I'm really glad that you're glad that I that, that I asked the question. I, I, I that, that truly means a lot, and I'm very glad that this yeah. is this is happening right now. So I'd be really delighted and glad to hear what you have to ask. Are you in touch with your feelings because we're having a women podcast? Is that, I, I, no, I'm not. You have a new perspective, so you've got to in touch with your feelings. No. And you're expressing your that's, emotions. That's a myth, guys. That's a myth. <laughs> I can't believe you posted you that what, picture, I, Marty, of, of, of the last podcast picture on Instagram. Like, if you guys haven't seen it, like, that's my most embarrassing <laughs> moment in life, probably, is Marty posting <laughs> the picture on Instagram of our last podcast. So we used a filter from Snapchat that puts on the hair and makes you look yeah. like a woman. There's my most embarrassing moment. Yeah. And, and I took it at DJ and put <laughs> it Me on. is a hot girl. Right? <laughs> so, DJ hot girl. I, I think yeah, I look DJ hot in the girl. picture. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah? I did it. Uh, so question I have is for forever that I can remember, women in automotive have been calendar girls have been spokesmodels have been um used more for marketing so to speak in that a aspect prop. I mean, okay a prop. A prop. used as a prop wow mm-hmm. okay uh, they're used to grab attention and mm-hmm. and they're used in a in a in a very profitable way in a sense but you know mm-hmm. used on a regular basis to get guys attention so coming from more of a completely, you know, different side of that. I take it, uh, as as you shared your story. How does that does that? And I guess that you a a view or an opinion on that. I think that's sort of what I'm asking is, what's your perspective on that side of the industry? Come Gmail. You know that you'll get different perspectives on that, Marty, from different women. Me, personally, I respect what they do because a lot of these women are pursuing, like, modeling careers, and mm-hmm. maybe they yeah. just do it on the side because, I love that. you know, yeah. maybe they they like cars or maybe, you know, there's, there's different things. So I'm not going to sit there and throw shade 
on a female that is beautiful and has been gifted for being beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she happens to be in front of a supercar. So I'm not going to be demeaning to her because that that's just not me. I'm going to uplift her and give her kudos for what she does and who she is. That's awesome. And, and I also want to remind people that, you know, a female can wear combat boots in her uniform and also look sexy. True. It, you, it can be both, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need booty shorts or Daisy Dukes and your titties hanging out, and you know that you you only can at home be with your husband. Because <clears throat> <laughs> I like all I that. I was in a hotel room at Denver. I think a hotel said. room at Denver. I'm already said, "What did you do in Denver?" We stayed in the hotel room a lot. Why is that? Because of what Jimmy just said on the podcast. <laughs> I'd rather stay at home and look at that all day than walk around the streets of Denver and hey. Well, Marty, it's interesting you ask that question because it's almost like um, the the calendars, right? The car calendars where it's the really sweet car with the female sitting on it, leaning on it, or in some promiscuous pose. And one of the projects that I'm going to be doing for Femcanic is uh, getting some guys together that have a great sense of humor and a... Um, photographer and actually creating a calendar where men are dressed similar like in the risque type way and having them doing poses with sweet ass cars (laughs) Marty is that why you're going to Ohio? DJ you weren't supposed to announce it yet (laughs) are you kidding me that's why you're going? he's a special guest he's a centerfold are you January? Oh my goodness! Oh no, he's the centerfold. Yeah, seriously, he's at the. Yeah, I'd pay money. He's at the very beginning, the full length. Oh wow, (laughs) wow! Yeah, definitely drop that link. So it's one of those things where you know it's kind of poking fun and having a a little bit of fun around uh, the, the stereotypes, right? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that the larger, hairier man will we'll opt for a couple of those. Ooh, she said so larger, Marty, you're out. You're out, the, man. With the fur, with the furry man. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stay warm for winter. Yeah, you gotta get that big, bulky dude with that complete, massive amount of chest hair. Oh yeah, back That'll hair awesome. the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. man. Hmm. That's awesome, Jamie. Thank you again <laughs> for your time, and even the the extra uh, encore presentations at the end with the multiple questions so absolutely it's the after podcast it's the after party yeah the after party there you go (laughs) cool you guys have a great night i appreciate it see ya safe travels thanks a lot guys thank you see ya bye-bye Hey there, guys. Jonathan Munsell, the president of the International Detailing Association. And um, I was fortunate enough to be given a, a few seconds here to talk a little bit about the IDA. So I thought I would do that here today with you. And uh, 
if you don't know what the the IDA is, the International Detailing Association, it's the leading industry association for professional detailing operators, suppliers, distributors, consultants to the industry. Um, and there's really two things that really govern us. You know, it's really our mission and our vision. And our mission is really about promoting the success and growth of the professional detailing community. Um, so we are really in your in your corner and we want to do everything we can to help your business grow and to see more people come into the industry and raise the professionalism of it. Um, we also have a mission or a vision statement, which is to be the lead advocate and premier source of information for the professional detailing community. And there's no better place. We have tons of information, um, especially when you're a member, you get access to a tremendous amount. Um, and really with all that, the, you know, the IDA is, you know, one of those places where you have people ask, you know, what do they get out of it? And uh, it's, this is a, a, a governing body for the people, by the people. Um, we're all volunteers from the president on down. And it's really about, you know, you, you get out of what you put into it. So, you know, when I think about it, it's about, you know, getting involved. And the more you put in, the more you get out. So, you know, find a, one of the committees that you can be involved with. Or certainly, you know, locally, we have a big regional uh push to get the IDA closer to folks in your hometown type of thing. And we'd love folks to help us out all around the, the country with that. And then the world, we're expanding chapters right now all over the world. And we can certainly use our members coming together to help do that and to further it as an international association. So if there's anything I can ever do to help, certainly reach out to me. Once again, Jonathan Munsell, or certainly go to theida.com. And there's actually a page there called Get Involved. So thank you very much. I hope you guys, if you're, uh, I hope your members already. And if not, I hope you join soon. Thank you.